1: In Australia, for national crisis support, please contact Lifeline on one three one 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 four. 14. For more resources, please see the show notes for this episode. Welcome to Reclaim Me. My name is Madeline Heather, and today I'm joined by a very special guest who's been a friend of mine for actually quite some time.
0: Hey, my name is Emma, and I am a survivor of sexual violence. Thank
1: you for joining me today, Em. Um, I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast. Um, so, Em and I actually met, funnily enough, um, <laughs> at a bar. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so Em was on a date with a guy who's was like one of the owners of this bar that we used to go to. And I was a little bit tipsy and struck up a conversation <laughs> with him. <Em. laughs> and then we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we became fast friends after that, which was really wonderful. Um, so we've known each other for a number of years now. Um, and we just connected cause we've got many of the same values. So do you mind, um, telling everybody a little bit about yourself, Em?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, um, all my friends call me Em, No one really calls me Emma. Um, I've moved around a lot in the last couple of years. I've just moved back from Perth, back to Melbourne, um, which was so good to catch up with you. Obviously, when I got back, um, I recently quit my job and I'm doing OnlyFans, and I am living my best life. Honestly, I'm so happy for you as well because I think
1: it's not just the money, but the freedom. Um, and the mental health benefits of not being in a job that you fucking hate every day.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. I hated waking up to go to work. I absolutely despised it and I'd been doing it for so long. I was just sick of it. So I'm really happy where I am um, now with what I'm doing. So yeah,
1: that's wonderful. And I think a lot of people think that um, OnlyFans is quite easy Um you know, just taking a couple of pictures here and there, but do you want to um, maybe give a bit more insight into, into how much work actually goes into it?
0: It is honestly like a full-time job. Um, It's not something that I would recommend to anyone to do on the side, um, but it is constant messaging, constant um, videos photos you always have to be producing new content so it's not something that um, is easy I would say but it's so worth it. Cool. So I'll um, link your
1: OnlyFans and your <laughs> socials as well so <laughs> if anyone's out there listening and thinks Emma's got a very good voice and they want to get to know her a bit better drop her some cash.
0: <laughs> nice plug, nice plug thank you.
1: <laughs> Babe you're welcome. <laughs> So um, just off the like back of that, I mean, um, yeah, you're, you're a very independent young woman. Um, you're a bit younger than me. Do you want to tell me a bit about your, your story? Like where did it all start um, and yeah, what, what was the situation for you?
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh, it started a couple of years back. I was in a really kind of dark place in my life. My parents had just split up. Um, and I was in a really bad downward spiral. Um, so I was clinging onto anything that really made me happy at the time. And I came across this person, um, on the internet and, um, we got chatting, um, and I eventually got the courage to go and meet up with him. So this person is sort of at the time was really well known on social media through, friends and and my family and stuff um and yeah so I kind of kept it to myself I went and met up with him and I'd met up with him a couple of times at this point whenever this person was in um Melbourne visiting um a bit of sort of context to that he's very well off so um we'd go to Crown and we'd spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on you know all these games and we'd stay at Crown for the night and it'd be Yeah, absolutely awesome. So that's kind of where it started. Yeah, and he would travel in, wouldn't he, um,
1: from different states?
0: Yeah, yeah, correct, yeah. And he made his money through gambling, is that right? Yeah, so he made his money through gambling. Um, I think he had a few side businesses or has a few side businesses as well, but um, essentially that's what he was known for and that's what he did.
1: Yeah, I mean that's just such a different lifestyle, isn't it? I wonder, like, the moment that just like on a different level, the moment you go from being a recreational gambler to this is my career.
0: Yeah, on it. I look back on it now, and it's it's mind blowing to me. Even the amount of money that we would spend when we were there, it's just like whoa, (laughs) so much. (laughs) That's insane.
1: So you went a few times, like met up with him. um, You got along well. You were constantly in contact as well weren't you?
0: Yeah so we'd be in contact whenever he was in Melbourne um, and then I'd go and see him everything was dandy and fine and we had intercourse within that time completely consensual um, and yeah we, we got along really really well. Yeah and then things started to kind of take a little bit of a dark turn didn't they? Yeah, so I went one night and I think this is when I was at my lowest point, so I was already really vulnerable as is. Um, But I got in my Uber, went to the Crown, um, met up with him. We had a really good night. We had a lot of drinks and, um, once again, spent a lot of money, which doesn't really define a good night. But we had fun um, nevertheless. Um, And then we went up to um, the hotel room and we were just chilling and, and then things started getting a little bit heated and we were kissing and whatever. And then it, you know, turned into a, sorry, turned into a little bit more, um, which is when we kind of, you know, started doing, um, and during that time, uh, how do I explain? So he, we were kissing and he was behind me and then he bit me, really, really, really hard on my back and I kind yeah. of pushed him off him, uh, sorry, pushed him off me and I said, I don't like that. Please don't do that. And I said it very calmly, but it really hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so we continued and then he did it again. He did it on my bum this time really hard. Um, and I really forcefully pushed him off me at this point. And I said, I, I told you, I don't want you to do that please don't do that and so we went back and we kept going and then for the third time he bit the back of my right leg um and same sort of force as well and this time I pushed him off me really really forcefully and I was like do not do that like that is I'm saying no that's not okay so it was yeah, very intense. And then he proceeded to um, sort of scream at me and yell at me, um, tell me that, like, who do you think you are? Um, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. Um, you're a piece of shit, etc., etc. Just really nasty things that you, I guess you don't ever want to hear. That's so awful. And I think
1: that it's so shocking to hear because I think it's an interesting – topic because you know we're in the realms of consent this is two consenting adults having sex together but you're not consenting to that um it's a you know it's that's wrong um you've asked him not to do it he's done it that's assault you've asked him not to do it and he's really hurt you hasn't he I've seen the photos they were quite um it wasn't just a bite like this it broke the skin in some places didn't
0: it yeah so all three of them um had broken the skin and if you could picture um a bruise so black and dark with teeth marks like full top and bottom teeth on three parts of my body, it was yeah brutal, I think i yeah, I did show you the photos of it. It was horrible, it was so painful. I think it just it it just highlights as well
1: like it it is so important to have your to have these boundaries as well, and when they're not being um, respected that is assault like that. It's fucking awful. And it's just disgusting behavior. And for him to turn around after that and call you all of these names as if having boundaries, sexual boundaries is a
0: bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very confronting experience. Um, I guess, considering where I was at the time, I mean, my, I'm lucky my Good friends at the time, they knew where I was and I always told someone where I was. So I felt good in that way. But also when you're in a room with someone who is yelling in your face, telling you you're a piece of shit, that you don't belong there to get out, you know, all this stuff because you're not consenting to what they want is very confronting.
1: And this is somebody that you'd obviously developed a rapport with, like a kind of relationship with over a period of time. So that must've been quite shocking to see this, this switch of behavior.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, and you know, I think a lot of people say, Oh, it was the alcohol. It was it. And I just don't think that that is a good enough excuse for someone to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you can test boundaries
1: or I wouldn't say test boundaries. You can ask um, a consenting sexual partner. If they, um, I like biting people. Would it be okay if I tried it out on you kind of thing? They're, there are okay discussions to have and it's okay to experiment. But when somebody says no, they mean fucking no, you need to stop because you're not consenting mm-hmm. to that. It's the same as like, and it's not the same. I'm not saying that this is equal to what you've gone through, but when somebody stealths, so when you're consenting to have sex and the guy's supposed to put a condom on and he says that he has, but he doesn't, not what you've consented to that's assault. So mm-hmm. yeah. If somebody's doing that stuff it's just not fucking acceptable. It really um what a fucking asshole. So yeah, it
0: was pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah. you're in the
1: room and he's like berating you. So you're obviously not fully dressed and everything either. What what happened after that? Were you like obviously you were shocked and scared. Um did you just try and like clutch your things
0: and get out of there? What was the situation for you? Yeah, so I was absolutely petrified. I have never in my life been in a situation like that and I didn't really know how to handle it. So I got dressed as quickly as I could um, and I grabbed my stuff and funnily enough, he, well, not funnily enough, I shouldn't say that, but he had calmed down a little bit by the time I'd gotten dressed and he was like, would you like me to pay for your Uber home? And I was like, no, I'm I'm leaving. Um, and I left the room and that's when I kind of started crying um when I got into the taxi the taxi driver was like are you okay and I'm like oh (laughs) like hysterically crying in the back seat I um texted my sister and my mum and told them what happened um and I by the time I'd gotten home I sent them photos mind you this was two three o'clock in the morning at this point um and the first thing that they said was to report it but I was so hysterical and I think after having a few conversations with you about it, it it's taken me a long time to realize that what he did wasn't right and it was assault but I think at the time I was in denial because I essentially or sorry initially consented to going up there I consented to having sex with him I consented to that and I found it really hard to find that um a different, trait, different okay. <laughs> differentiate <laughs> um, differentiate the consent before to the consent or
1: non-consent. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that I speak with a lot of people about and, and why these conversations and these stories being told are so incredibly important because consent can be withdrawn at any time. And I think through what we see and what we have in our minds as Um, sexual assault, people usually think, oh, it's going to be a girl in a dark alley kicking and screaming. And Mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, there is, this is not a black and white issue. There are all shades of gray. And when you turn around and you withdraw consent or you say something is not consensual and somebody does that again. um, And I'd even argue that the first time, because consent hadn't been gained to do that specific act, that's assaulting somebody. Um, It's not, an okay thing and and I don't think you should feel any shame or anything as well but I know that in your heart because you did consent there are those feelings of guilt associated with it as well like um I remember we spoke about it once and you just said like I feel a bit like an
0: idiot cuz I went up there yeah yeah absolutely and and you know you and probably my sister mum and sister-in-law are the only people I really told about the situation because I felt so silly honestly I felt so silly that I had gone up there with the intention of sleeping with this person but I left and I felt completely violated by this person
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just it's terrifying as well. And the the flow on effects of something like that too are quite substantial. So you already weren't in a very good space. Um what what was going what were you dealing with mentally before that and how did that affect
0: your mental state after? <laughs> I think with you know everything that was going on in my life at the time, I was as I said before, just in a really dark place um, and i didn 't seek help, I just kept pushing forward and then this situation happened, and it really kind of changed the course for um, me with men um, and you know I think people take situations in different ways and you know, everyone has a different outcome as to how they handle their emotions moving forward. But for me, it was more so I, it takes, how do I explain? It's, I, as I said, I, I don't really talk to people or tell people about what happened because I'm ashamed of what happened. I was ashamed, sorry, I should say was ashamed. Um However, with, partners in future I find that I'm not actually able to make that emotional connection because I felt so violated in that situation and it's also a really hard conversation to have with a sexual partner and be like hey I was actually assaulted and I don't like biting so can you not bite it's it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have if you know you haven't dealt with those feelings yourself yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, biting
1: specifically isn't probably a really common thing, but you do need to bring it up because your response to even a, a minor bite now after going through what you did would be way more traumatic um, and would ruin it for you. So it's something you would need to tell them because it's a big no-no.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It honestly scares the shit out of me to this day. Um, but I found that I'm I'm slowly becoming able to actually have that conversation. I think having that conversation with, you know, sexual partners, current and future about why I don't like biting or even just like touching on the subject is very sensitive for me still.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm glad that you are doing that to create those boundaries for yourself because you want to make sure that you feel okay. That's a really wonderful thing that you know that and you can identify that.
0: Yeah. Which has taken a lot of time and a lot of battles through it, but yeah, we're getting there. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And you said it's, um, like negatively impacted your like future relationships with people. Do you think it stops you from, or sorry, do you think it gives you, you've put up maybe more walls or something, um, to protect yourself? Is that what you mean by that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally think so. Um, Like, I find it very hard now to form emotional connections with um, partners um, in more than, you know, just a sort of sexual way. And I think it's because I'm just terrified that anything like that could happen or, you know, because I didn't expect it from this person at all. I did not expect it. And yeah, yeah, it was... I think it's a good
1: conversation to have as well, though, to kind of sh- highlight that the longstanding effects of of an assault um, are quite broad um, and it's affecting your genuine relationships um, or, you know, getting a connection in future, um, as well as making you have to almost relive it every time you have a new partner by having to tell a new partner about what happened to you. That's It's not the foreplay that any of us would want. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, definitely not. And, you know, I think I can laugh, not laugh about it, but, you know, have a little giggle in this conversation about it now, because I've come to terms with what has happened and I don't necessarily forgive and forget, but I accept what's happened. And I, like within myself, um, which is making it more okay for me in future, but yeah, it's taken me a really long time to come to terms with the fact that that is one of the reasons or if not the reason why I have struggled for so long to form emotional connections with people um, because it, it just scared the shit out of me, honestly.
1: Yeah, and I think it's um, it's just so horrific that, you know, that's something that is completely preventable. It's not, you know, and you, you're right when people say, oh, it was just somebody drinking as if that absolves them of the longstanding impacts that it's going to have in your life. Um, but also it's not it's it's just not acceptable behavior
0: yeah absolutely not in in any situation you know i just don't think that that is okay especially after no has been said not once but on you know three occasions
1: yeah definitely um so you did say that you you had a lot of shame and you 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 were really embarrassed about it because you felt so ashamed of it um but you don't anymore what's helped you to come to terms with it yourself and what's helped you start to move out of the space of shame and into the space of accepting it?
0: Honestly, it's been you. And I think you know that. (laughs) And it's been these podcasts as well, listening to other survivors stories. And, you know, for, as you said earlier, the standard at which I guess a lot of people think assault is, is in a dark alleyway, you know, by a stranger, but it's not necessarily that. And I guess, listening to the podcast over the last couple of weeks from um, survivors, uh, especially um, last week. What was his name? Harry. Harry, especially Harry's where, you know, he was there and it was consensual and listen to the podcast if you haven't, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a similar sort of situation like you like. It took me a long time to kind of figure out, hey, like I wanted to be there, but then I withdrew that consent. And you, you you know, you've talked to me through how or more, so explained what had happened and explained it to me or put it in perspective that, you know, I knew that it wasn't okay. My family at the time when I told them knew that it wasn't okay, but I kind of pushed it under the rug because there's people with worse off situations, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think I was definitely not fishing for a compliment then. I'm so glad. (laughs) I'm so glad, but it just goes to show that these conversations are important. Um, and yeah, I think when we do discuss them, um, people will often, and this is like something I've experienced so much with having so many conversations recently is people will compare theirs to other people. So, um, when I was on, um, my mate's podcast, Riley's the other week, we did speak about that and it was like, oh, you know, but sometimes, you know, mine maybe is worse than other people's. And I really just don't think that I always compare another experience to pain. So for example, um, I grew up as an elite gymnast, um, and I'm sitting here playing I've got my hand on my foot. I'm not playing with it. It's not like, no, no, in like a creepy way. I've got my hand on my foot. <laughs> and I've broken my toes um and my knuckles in my feet so many times that my like my, my feet don't move properly. Um and I've, you know, broken so many bones in my body, like I've I shouldn't you know, laugh. i do not just use. I've got this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a gallery of x-rays, like. Um, but yeah, and I I think on top of that as well, you know, I've got endometriosis and polycystic ovaries. I've had an ovary burst and, um, I understand my level to pain tolerance is, is huge. And, um, you know, to the point where I fell asleep while I was getting my arm tattooed, like pain is subjective though. And what I mean by that as well is that my experience in, in the context of my experience, is only that to me it's not compared to anybody else so if you um for the first time you've never had an injury in your life you've never gone through anything any hardship ever you've turned around and you I don't know stub your toe break your toe or I don't know pull a muscle for the first time or even have a cramp I've seen people that are like in absolute agony over a cramp um but you know, as a woman, I think we both know cramps. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I think it's just you know you sit there and you go you know. But that's that person's perspective. They have no no knowledge and everything. That doesn't mean like a ten out of ten pain for me would be like breaking a bone or something like a leg. You know what I mean? Um, dislocating mm. my shoulder or having another ovary burst. Like that's ten. But for somebody else, the worst pain that they've ever experienced, like a pulled muscle that might be a 10 for them. And that's genuinely their experience. And I think when we undermine people's experiences and we undermine um, the effects that these things have on them by comparing them to things that we perceive to be worse. And I think that's important to understand for people that you don't have to meet a certain criteria to to have to be taken seriously about this assault. Like this assault to you, is hugely damaging to your psyche as well. And for me, it was so much more easy in the sense that it was very clear cut that something wrong had happened because I was a child. So it was easier for me to realize that it wasn't my fault. Whereas Mm -hmm. your situation as well, you're blaming yourself for so long and you're thinking about all of these different things and the long-term damage to your psyche, I would argue is exactly the same as mine because we've both had to go through these huge problems and come to terms with it in our own ways. And I know I went off on a bit of a monologue there, but
0: it's just (laughs) very relevant.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the Maddie show. (laughs)
0: Um, I just feel like I
1: just, I, it really pisses me off. And I think that's why a lot of people don't come forward because they hear a story like mine or like people, other people's that in the eyes of, I don't know, the media are fucking shocking. Um, and then they kind of don't want to come forwards themselves because they the not only are they trying to reconcile it in their mind but they just don't think that it's bad enough
0: yeah 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 absolutely and and that's you you put it into perspective really well there so that's how i have felt for the longest time and don't get me wrong i think i'm still you know trying to overcome those feelings um because it it it, it really is hard i mean you know with stories like yours it's heartbreaking but I think you know, listening to other survivors and listening to advice that you've given me over the time is that you know it doesn't nothing should be compared essentially.
1: Yeah, well, that's just my personal opinion. I don't think other people have their opinions, but it's my opinion that if you're going through some shit, you deserve just as much help as anybody else. And I think we, especially in your terms, because you know you've pro- you've been drinking that night, you know you're meeting up with somebody for some casual sex. Um, you were consenting to sex originally, it undermines you and that's where the victim blaming starts because the context of that, you know, a lot of people's initial reaction would be like why didn't you leave after you did it the first time or, you know, Mm -hmm. it all goes back to you to blame it on you as opposed to saying you said no, why the fuck did this guy do that again? Um, And I think it just, the centre for yours is different because, I think you're in most people's minds before they've heard the full story, they're already blaming you for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think I blamed myself for it as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's taken a lot for me to get where I am to be able to um, yeah. So it's taken me a, a long time to kind of get to where I am to accept the fact that, you know, you can withdraw consent and no means no. Yeah, that's definitely
1: right. And I think it's just so important to talk about it. And, you know, some people really don't understand that consent can be removed at any time. And, you know, for you to remove consent and be called a piece of shit, it's like, what do you even mean? Like, I just said no to doing one thing. You, There's just no respect there for what you want.
0: Yeah. I think the words that really got me that he said was, you know, cause as I explained before, we'd caught up a few times before this and we had a lot of fun together and it was never going to turn into anything serious. I would, not for me, you know, <laughs> I didn't expect that whatsoever, but you know, after, or when he was yelling at me, one of the, one of the things he said to me was I tolerate you and that really hit hard and apart from, you know, all the other things that he was yelling at me, that was probably the thing that hit the the hardest because, you know, are you not tolerating me because of the, like that I just called you out on or told you to stop? Like it didn't really make too much sense to me at the time, but it really, really hit me hard um, to the point. I think that's one of the main reasons I was just like, whoa, what, what is going on?
1: That's really disrespectful as well. And then you're going home and trying to reconcile all of this while also feeling so unwanted and so used because just being
0: tolerated by somebody, that's fucking,
1: what an awful thing to say to somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, The next day, you know, when my sister and my mum at the time were telling me, you know, go to the police, go to the police. And I was like, no, like, it's not bad enough, you know, all those things that kind of go through your head. And a lot of people were probably listening to this, like, why, you know, as you said before, why did she just leave? Or why didn't she go to the police? And and I think it's because I had so much respect for him before this had actually happened that it was really hard for me to kind of sit back and be like, all right, I really should do this. Um, mm. But I ended up sending him a message and just letting him know, like I was really upset by what had happened And he, you know, tried to call me, call me, call me. And I was like, I don't really want to speak on the phone. (laughs) Um, And then he sent a message and he was like, I'm so sorry and blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't mean, you know, to upset you or anything like that. And for a little bit, I was like, okay, like he's sorry for what he did, but it doesn't take back what he did.
1: But is he sorry or is he saying sorry so that you don't go to the police over it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think. Yeah. Yeah for me as well. Like, I mean, it's the same as punching somebody. You've, you've got three huge wounds on you that are black and blue and you've got your skin broken and it's going to take weeks until that goes away and you're going to be in pain. It's the same as being punched. Like you've just literally hurt me. And that's not. I didn't mean to upset you. Well, I didn't come here intending to be physically assaulted. So, <laughs> you know, I'm a bit mm. upset that you hurt me so badly. It's not your emotions aren't the key thing that he was even thinking of when he said that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just pisses me off because it's just such a lack of accountability, and especially with guys like this. I just, you know, their friends usually support them, um, and you know, we've we've had these discussions recently about Evan Rachel Woods coming forward about. Um, I'm going to call him Mr. Dick bag. I don't want to say his real name because, or his stage name, because just yeah. on that as well, when people talk about offenders, like offenders that have gone to prison, people actually seek out their things and they make more money. So we don't want to Google him or anything cause he's a piece of shit. But I think uh. even through like through that whole um, thing. There's just so much in the media and everything that changes it. And this woman has gone through so much in her life. She's been controlled. She's been abused and everything like that. And then it always ends up turning to turning back on her. Um, and that's what just really pisses me off. And the people that are surrounding, um, Mr. Dick bag will have known about this for a very long time. And in the circumstance yeah. of yours, um, people probably know that he's quite a violent person or that he's done stuff like this before, but because they're affluent, because they're whoever they are, um, even when friends and family are aware of his behaviours, they allow it to continue um, and they end up protecting him um, and putting other people in danger. So I think the call to action here is that it doesn't matter who it is. If your friend, family member, anything is behaving like this, you could save somebody's life. You could save somebody from a lifetime of torment. Um, they have to be held accountable for their actions. And if we continue to gloss over it forever, then they're just going to be acting with impunity and get worse. So, and it's not always up to one victim as well. It's not always just up to you, and you shouldn't feel any guilt for not coming forward, right? But the same way that other victims have come forward about Dickbag is when one comes forward, the string kind of gets pulled, and more people come forward and there's substantiating allegations. So if somebody else did come forward about him, that's an opportunity for you to verify um, abusive behaviour too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I totally agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, you do have the photos
1: and stuff and if you did want to, you could, but I respect your decision and, and I think that's as well, this podcast isn't here to kind of force people to to go forward and to, to prosecute and everything like that. That's a whole different thing. It's just to come to terms with it yourself and know that you aren't alone and I think that your story is going to help a lot of people with their own stories and reconciling them. I think it's going to be really great.
0: Yeah and that's that's what I hope for out of coming on here um you know it, it took me quite a while to build up that courage to tell you I was ready to kind of talk about it but it wasn't until I heard the story last week or the week before from Harry um yeah. about his story and how you know when it was brought up around his friends as he was saying you know you joke about it and you know to be you kind of brush it off and You know, that's what I've been doing, not like I speak about it with anyone really, but you know, when I was around my family, because as I said at the start, my fam my family friends and my family and some of my mates as well, they know this person and they know that, you know, we'd caught up a few times before this had happened and they kind of bring it up in a joking way, like, oh, how's this person? Blah, blah, blah. And I just sit there and my face just drops and I'm just like, great. (laughs) You know, like it's I don't want to turn around and be like, you know, this is what happened because I wasn't comfortable in talking about it at this point. But as I said, it wasn't until, you know, I heard Harry's story and, um, and, and the way that, you know, he's kind of handled it and projected it. And it made me feel like, you know, I, I can talk about this and I hope that this shows to someone, at least one person or multiple people out there that, you know their story is valid and they are valid and, and what they have to say is okay and and you know they are survivors as well.
1: Yeah definitely and I think he'll be so thrilled that that this you know that he's helped you and I think I'm just thrilled that you've come to a place in your life where you're accepting it where you've moved away from shame um, and you're getting to to positively speak about it, I think I commend you for all of the hard work you've done um, in getting yourself to this position as well. And I think your past 12 months have been really transformative for yourself, um, not just your image, which I fucking love. So <laughs> for reference, <laughs> um, Em shaved her head and she's going through the awkward phase <laughs> now of growing
0: it back out. <laughs> it's, I was just about to say, it's like, Someone referenced me to Amber Rose and I was like, um, I've got two centimetre long hair that sticks upwards and is brown. It is not cute. I love it so much. But it's in the oh, awkward I look-
1: grow out stage.
0: But I seriously, I, think- I, look, I look like my father. <laughs> i love it but i think you've in the past year
1: like coming back from perth and moving away on your own and um you know you've tried many different things and i think what you've done is you're on this journey to find yourself and on this journey you know you've made a you've hit a few bumps along the way but you're becoming your authentic self and I think that's helped you to come to terms with this as well so you know it's not just an overnight thing where you listen to a story and you just accept it um I think you know you deserve to be you know I'm so proud of you and how hard you've worked at yourself and how how far you've come um I'm so proud of you I'm
0: proud of you too <laughs> oh, so sweet Let me cry. <laughs> so um um
1: What's happening into the future? So um, give me a, paint me a picture. Um, what does the future M look like? Where's she going to be?
0: I am so excited. Um, so I am planning to move and this is if COVID kind of chills out a little bit, which I don't think we're expecting it to, but regardless, planning on moving to Canada um, when my lease finishes here. So I live with my best friend at the moment. Um so yeah, planning to move to Canada, live my best life over there um, at the moment, I am traveling around Australia, so I'm doing a few road trips. I've already been to Adelaide, heading up the East Coast soon, so I'm super 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 excited about that and yeah, I think I'm just I think as you said before, I've grown so much in the last twelve months, and I'm so excited for what is to come and I'm actually excited about life um and taking it by the balls <laughs>
1: <It's>, yeah. <laughs> You've got some big bloody balls. I love it. <laughs> um, so I think that's amazing, and I think you know what you've achieved. You know, there's been people have opinions about um, OnlyFans and sex workers and things like that, but you've created an an environment where you can earn the same, if not more, money than you were, and you can actually work from wherever you want. So you're working while you're traveling Australia, and that's just an amazing achievement. You're not um you know tied down to your 4 weeks of annual leave per year um which you actually didn't have because you were a casual so
0: <laughs> Oh (laughs) yeah. (laughs) The freedom though. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Nah, it, it, it is. It's, it's really awesome. You know, I can just pack up and go whenever I want. Um, but I think OnlyFans in itself has changed a lot with the dating side of things. So as I kind of touched on before, it's not easy, but it is worth it for me at least. I love what I do and I love being able just to be like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm just going to go drive up to, Byron today. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. The freedom that
1: it gives you, that's good. And you can do whatever you want in the future. Um, I'm really proud of you. Um, so, all right. What are your socials? Where's your OnlyFans? What's it called? How can we get more subscribers? (laughs) (laughs) She's not, I don't have a promo code. Unfortunately, I don't get any kickbacks.
0: Um, well, you can find me via my Instagram and then you can click on the link there. <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah.
1: so what's your Instagram?
0: Uh, it is E-M-C-R-W-F. So you drop the A. Awesome. So um, I'll provide
1: a link to your Instagram anyway. Um, we'll see if we can get Baloney Barb involved as well.
0: Um, oh. <laughs> oh my God talking about my uh, bit of back. Sorry. I changed my Facebook name every six months for a couple of years there. And I came up with some absolute hooters. Uh, my housemate turned around to me and was like, get JPS gold forties back. Do you remember that one?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely classic. So Em came up with this profile, um, Baloney Barb, and she's created a secondary Instagram. That's just her being an absolute idiot. It's hilarious. Um, I'll link you to Em's Instagram. I'll link you to Em's TikTok, which is also hilarious. Um, And yeah, I think um, reach out as well. Uh, I've just created a Facebook um, group. It's a private Facebook group called the Survivor Support Network. And basically what it's there for is a safe space for survivors to come together. Um, So it's private. Um, Everybody has to be um, approved before they enter. Um, Em's in there as well. So if you want to talk to her um, as a survivor, um, or to get involved with some conversations we're going to start happening, having then, then join it. I'll link that as well.
0: Um, but yeah, Em, you've got anything else you want to say? Yeah. If, if anyone, yeah, does want to have a conversation, as I said, sort of earlier, you know, I didn't think that my story was worth telling, but um, it it really is. It's worth talking about. So if you're in a similar boat or a similar situation um, feel free to reach out and have a, have a convo. And Maddie's really awesome for that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're building this amazing network and, um, the more and more people that join, the more and more people we have to provide support and and listening ears and everything. Um, So it's so wonderful. So yeah, um, if you find the link to Em's profile, um, I'll tag her and post on the reclaim me Instagram as well. Um, Get in touch with her myself or reclaim me. Um, So thank you for listening to reclaim me. Um, This episode may have had content that might be distressing for some listeners. So please see the resources in the show notes of this episode But until next time, thank you for listening to Reclaim Me. This content may have been distressing.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.